I don't know you, my name is William Colley. I get to serve here as your executive pastor. Um, and if you remember last time I was up here in January, uh, it was because Saturday night I got a text that uh, Ben had tested positive for COVID. It happened again, guys. I'm just kidding. He's right there. That would be really weird. Um, but yeah, that was fun. That was a good time. Uh, no, I'm excited to be here today. I'm excited for what the Lord uh, has, has put on my heart to share with you guys. Really, it's spring break. It's 35 degrees outside, so that's exciting. Uh, real good beach weather right now. Um, and Ben was like, yeah, I'm not going to teach today. So uh, you're stuck with me. So no, I'm, it'll be good. So um, the, what I kind of want to talk about today is one of the things um, about life that we often experience uh, is Sometimes we end up where we didn't plan on ending up. We end up where we didn't plan on ending up. If you are over the age of 30, you know this is true. Because you were around the times like where you drove places without like GPS, without an iPhone. And uh, I remember there was one time my buddy Stu, uh, I always got to give my buddy Stu a shout out. We were literally driving somewhere and he had the map upside down. And so we were, we were so lost, in ter- we were driving in circles, and he's like, oh, and like flipped it over. I'm like, okay. So we've all been there. We've all been in this time of life where uh, this situation in life where you end up somewhere you did not plan on ending up. And I know for all of us, as we look to the future, as we look to, uh, man, what life is going to be like as, as, as we get to the end there, um, we might think about, man, what is my career going to look like? What, is, what, is, uh, what am I going to do for the rest? When I'm 70 years old, when I've retired, what does my life look like? Or maybe you think about it in the, in the shape of your family and your, your marriage. Lord, what is my marriage going to look like? Where is my marriage going to end up? And most importantly, what I want to talk about this morning is where is my spiritual life going to end up? When I'm 70 years old, when I'm 80 years old, where is my spiritual life going to end up? Do I have a plan for where I'm going to end up? As we all know, life is difficult enough. There's enough highs and lows and uh, mountains and valleys of things in life that happen. But when we don't have a plan of where we're going to end up, it only becomes more difficult. And so I'm excited to get into the word this morning as I feel like God has a word for us on what that looks like. So if you guys will just bow your heads and pray with me as we get started. Jesus, I, th- I thank you for today. I thank you for your son. Lord, the grace and mercy that you continually show us. Lord, thank you that your mercy is new every morning. Lord, and I just pray as we just get into your word, Lord, just move me to the, sp- to the side. Allow your spirit to speak to us, Lord, so that we can become more like you. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. If you are a note taker, uh, either pull your notebook out or pull your phone out. If you're not a note taker, I encourage you to take notes this morning. I'm a big believer in, um, hey, we can hear a lot of things, but if we're not writing it down, if we're not um, uh, you know, having other ways that God's kind of reminding us of that, um, it's dip more difficult to learn. So uh, please pull your notes out. But this morning we're going to be in, in the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians is uh, Paul's first letter to a church that he wrote. Uh, It's very strong on holding true to the gospel, holding true to who God is. Um, And we're going to be picking up in verse or chapter six, where at the beginning of the chapter, he's a big emphasis on community, being there for one another, holding each other up. And we're going to pick up in verse seven, Galatians chapter six, verse seven. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. 
For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. We reap what we sow. It's a, I, I don't think anybody this morning came and showed up and said, um, man, I did not know that. That's a new principle for me, that what I, what I sow, I'm going to reap. Right? I don't think anybody here, if you are, I'm going to break some news to you. If you are sowing, if you're a farmer and you're sowing wheat, you will not grow apples. It's just not going to happen. It's not how this works. Um, and in the same way, uh, it, it, you know, this verse is telling us, hey, if you sow things of the flesh, you will reap things of the flesh. If you sow things of the Spirit, you will reap things of the, seri- of the Spirit. So again, it's not n- no... Uh, groundbreaking principle here, but I think it's a principle we need to remember, we need to know is what you sow, you will grow. What you sow, you will grow. And conceptually, we know this. We know this as a principle that what we sow, we are going to grow. What we invest in, we will grow. But Paul tells us here, he says, uh, as he's warning the church of Galatians and he's warning us, he says, do not be deceived. That's what I want to harp on this morning is do not be deceived. We just finished Galatians, or Galatians, we're in Galatians now. Genesis chapter 2 and 3, and we just saw how Satan was the great, he's the great deceiver. It tells us in Revelation chapter 12 that Satan is the great deceiver as he, as he tricked Adam and Eve to eat from the tree of, um, of life. And uh, we see that we are often tricked, we're often deceived and uh, this morning, there are a couple ways that I think Satan, the great deceiver, tries to deceive us. And I think a couple of these are, we're deceived into thinking what I reap is going to give me life. We're deceived in thinking what I reap is going to give me life. That the things of this world, uh, the, the things of the flesh, that when we reap or when we sow those things, that they're actually going to give us life. That the, once I get this house, once I get uh, enough money, once I uh, get in that relationship that I'm looking for, we are deceived into thinking that we are actually going to get life from that. And this could be part of our whole life, or it could just be parts of our life, but we are deceived into thinking that. The next way is we're deceived into thinking what I sow now doesn't matter. What I sow now doesn't matter. And if, um, if you're young, if you are, uh, you know, maybe there's been times in your life as you look back or maybe a season now where it's like, yeah, what, I, what I'm doing now isn't, it, it, I'll, I'll get this thing figured out later on in life. I just want to live for myself now. And not realizing that uh, reaping or sowing things of the flesh, you will reap those things. And so realizing that if we choose to cheat now, it does affect our character down the road. If we choose to look at pornography or uh, you know, engage in sexual relationships outside of marriage, it will impact our marriage down the road, whether that's marriage now or marriage later, that the things we sow now, they do matter. And last way that we are deceived into thinking, I can reap the fruit without sowing. We're deceived into thinking I can reap the fruit without sowing. Maybe for you that's, hey, I'm providing for my family. 
I'm, I'm working overtime. I'm financially providing for my family, not realizing that you're missing out on mealtimes, conversations that are important, family time together. Or maybe you, you, you are tricked, deceived into thinking that your community is strong, that community is, is a, a place of health, not realizing that on the inside, you're not te- fully telling the truth. You're not telling, um, you're talking behind people's backs. You're gossiping, not really realizing that community is actually just a shell of itself. Ben says it all the time, and I think it's, tr- I think it's true, that direction, not intention, determines destination. Direction, not intention, determines destination. That we can have all the intentions of the, of the world, but if where we are actually heading down the path is actually where the direction we're heading is actually where we're headed. That was like the most Ben sentence I've ever said in my life. <laughs> where we're heading is where we're headed. That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> but when you think about it, isn't this true? That when we invest in the flesh, we are shocked when we reap the flesh. When we sow things of the flesh, when we invest in the things of our flesh, we are actually shocked when we actually reap those things. And for some of us, we are actually sowing things of the Spirit. I encourage you in in every area of your life, man, just be encouraged, and we're going to talk about that soon, but just be encouraged of, of continuing to sow things of the Spirit, to invest in things of the Spirit. But the question we have to ask ourselves this morning is, what am I sowing? What am I sowing? And if you are sowing things of the Spirit, I think the next verse actually has um, a strong call to us. As Paul continues this here in verse, in verse 9, it says, Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. I'm going to read that again. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And here's a big principle you need to know here. Sowing is a process that takes patience and perseverance. Sowing is a process that takes patience and perseverance. Uh, I know it's the opposite of what our current culture says, right? Our current culture is, I I want to sow this and I want to reap it immediately. (laughs) I want this and I want it now. If I don't get this in the next uh, 24 hours, like that's absurd that it's, you know, even like I send an email, if I have not heard back in this email in in the next, you know, 10 hours, I'm panicking, I'm freaking out, something's wrong. We sow and we want the, we want the um, reward the, to reap right away. Um, and for the Gen Zers out there, raise your hand if you're a Gen Zer. Yes. Gen Zers, I just want you to know sowing when you're actually farming is not like just throwing a seed on the ground. Okay? I know it's hard. It's difficult to understand. <laughs> but sowing is a process. Uh, the actual farming and, and, and farming is... Uh, is an illustration that you, we see a lot in the Bible. It's a, uh, Jesus talks about it a lot, uh, the parable of the sower, um, talking about what, the fruit that our life bears. Um, and Paul talks about it a lot, obviously, here, as he's taking this analogy of farming. And I like to say, like, 
as much as the Bible talks about farming, that's as much as Ben talks about Wakala. Okay? So when you're thinking about how much is Jesus talking about this, it's about the same. Okay? Um, but it's actually uh, sowing, is this, it's, it's a long process. It's a process of, of tilling the ground, making sure it's prepared right, planting the seeds at the right time, at the right depth, watering, uh, making sure it's getting proper sunlight. It's a daily process that is involved in sowing. And actually, sowing, when we're sowing, uh, when you're growing, uh, farming corn, it takes 100 days before you actually see the fruit of, the, of your work. A hundred days of going out there and working the ground, watering, making sure everything's good. Corn, uh, it takes, or I just said corn, didn't I? Wheat takes 120 days. Four months of going out every day, working on something, working the ground, making sure it's good. Four months before you actually see what you're working on. And this is, I find this fascinating. Anybody have bamboo in their yard? If you do, I'm really sorry. Like, if you know, if you have bamboo, it, like, goes nuts. Um, and actually, once bamboo grows, like, it can grow up to three feet overnight. Like, it's, it, it's insane. But it takes up to, it takes three to five years from when you plant bamboo until you actually start, until it actually starts to grow. Five years. That's 1,825 days of sowing. And in the same way that farming takes a long time, it takes a long process of, of working, of, of sowing every day, so does the things of our spirit, the things of, of, of our spiritual life. It takes a process. It takes a long time. And sowing the spiritual disciplines in our life of reading God's Word and of praying and, and spending time with Him, spending time in community, it takes time. Maybe for you, it's sowing those, uh, the fruits of the Spirit into your life. The fruit of the Spirit, specifically self-control. <laughs> and you're, you're working on this attribute of God of saying, hey, I want to have self-control. It takes time. It's a process. And maybe it's, uh, it's that uh, godly spouse or godly uh, you know, parents that you are striving to be. It's a process for you to get there. Um, and it doesn't just happen overnight. And just as we're shocked when we actually reap the things of the flesh, when we're sowing the Spirit, we're discouraged when it takes time to reap the things of the Spirit. So just as, just as even though it takes time sometimes to reap the, the consequences, the, the harvest of the flesh, same thing happens with the Spirit. We're shocked when our flesh reaps. We are disappointed when our spirit, the things of the spirit, do not reap in a matter of time. One of my favorite quotes is from Craig Rochelle. He says, Our genera- generation overestimates what God will do in the short term and underestimates what God will do in the long term. We overestimate what's going to happen immediately and underestimate how God's going to work in the long term. But with that, knowing that sowing, uh, it, it's a process, it takes time. Paul says, hey, don't, he says, do not grow weary of doing good. Do not grow weary. And, and when he says do not grow weary here, it actually it comes from the Greek uh, word that uh, they're also talking about um, 
the equivalent of a mother giving birth. Shocker, I know I've never given birth, okay? Um, but I had a splinter one time, so I think it's kind of, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I had two splinters, but um, I had to get my dad jokes in, sorry. But Paul says it's the equivalent of, uh, he says just, just that, that word don't grow weary is like the equivalent of a mom that is about to give birth. And my beautiful wife, uh, Jewel, she has given birth three times to our three boys, Liam, Hudson, and Briggs. Um, I was present for all three. One of them almost didn't make it, almost passed out. True story. Um, like literally she, we're like getting there, like getting close and like, I'm getting the cold sweats, and I'm like holding on. I'm like, oh, man, this is getting rough. She has not let me live that one down. But as we were going over this, she's like, you need to tell her about that. Okay, sorry. But, but when you're in this childbirth process, right, you, it, it's exhausting. You've just gone through this, this long season of building a human inside of you. <laughs> it's taken over your body. You're just, your, your body is just taken over. You're ready to just man, I'm ready to get this thing out of me. And now you're going through labor. It's exhausting. You're absolutely just like ready to be done, right? And, that, and think of, like have that image in your mind and just Paul saying, don't grow weary. Don't grow weary. Don't give up. Because you're, you're right there. And you have this, you have, when you're having a kid, you have these moments where the doctor's like, come on, one more push, one more. And then it's like all of a sudden when you are holding your child, it's like all of that exhaustion, like doesn't, you don't even think about it. All of those things, all of that, like I'm about to pass out and I need some orange juice. I wasn't even thinking about that, right? <laughs> no, like, like when you actually are holding your child you're so thankful that you didn't give up. You're so thankful that you didn't stop because now you have reaped of what you just worked so hard for. And Paul's saying, hey, do not grow weary. I know it's been hard. I know it's been long. I know these, the, the fact of doing good, of, reap, of sowing things of the Spirit it's exhausting. It's taken a long time, but the temptation to stop is right there. The temptation to stop is right there. And maybe for you, the temptation is there to stop sowing things of the Spirit because maybe you just got a glimpse of what, that, of what reaping things of the Spirit looks like. Maybe for you, you started the year out and you went through the 22 days in the Word and you spent 22 days reading and praying and, and, and sowing things of the Spirit and you just got a little glimpse of what that looks like and you said, man, that was awesome. I'm good. And the temptation to stop is right there. Maybe for you, it was, it was easy when you started and now it's incredibly difficult. Maybe for you, when you started following Jesus and you started uh, you know, spending time in his word and, and, and creating those spiritual disciplines in your life, maybe for you, you were in college, right? You were in college. You're like, yeah, I do my devos in the morning, which is like 10 a.m., right? Like, yeah, it's, it's really tough, but I get up. I get up and do them before I have to like, go do stuff. And you like, do them from like 10 to 12, 
and now you're working a full-time job, you got to be there at eight, and, and the thought of like, and, and you're, you get off at five, 5.30, and you're exhausted because you've just been working all day, and the thought of either getting up earlier to do your devotionals, to do, spend time with the Lord, or doing them after work when you're exhausted, both, both sound impossible. And so maybe you started when it was easy, and now it's become so difficult. Or maybe for you, you, when you first got married, sowing things of the Spirit, becoming that like godly husband, that godly wife that you're called to be, seems so easy. And now you're 5, 10, 20 years in, and like you know this person next to you, and you're like, yeah, they're not that great. It's you, you understand each other more, and it's becoming more and more difficult to be that person that you're called to be, to be the, the, the example of who Christ is to your wife. Or maybe your kids. Maybe at first they're adorable, and then they turn four, and you're like, this is the worst. I'm not going to say if I have a four-year-old. No, I'm just kidding. But they go through seasons where it's like it's so easy and it's so enjoyable. And then on the other side, you, you know, it, it was so easy to be that like parent that God's called me to be, to sow those things of the spirit. And now, man, I'm just sowing the things of the flesh. <laughs> and it, I'm so tempted to just give up and to stop. And Paul says, do not grow weary. Do not grow weary. And I had this thought, and I think, I think this is like the challenge for us this morning. As your challenge, as you know, we're kind of in, you know, middle of March, even though it doesn't feel like it, it feels like we're in January again. The middle of March and, and, and kind of hitting like this lull in, in life a little bit. And maybe for you in your spiritual life, uh, you're kind of hitting that spot. And if not now, you will eventually. And I, and I want us to hold on to this truth. But it's the fact that it's not when we first get a taste of the Spirit but when we consistently sow into the Spirit that we start to be who God has called us to be. It's not that first little glimpse that we get, but it's that consistent obedience, that consistent faithfulness that actually we start to become who God has called us to be. I'm reminded of 2 Corinthians 3.18, and it says, We all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of God are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. In other words, the more we are around Christ, the more we spend with Christ, the more time, the more we sow into the Spirit, the more we actually start to become like Him. And the question this morning is, what if right around the corner... Just like that mom that's about to give birth. It says, don't grow weary. Come on, one more time before you hold that baby. It says, what if right around the corner is you getting to finally reap from all of that sowing that you're doing? What if right around that corner, that habit that you've been trying to instill, that spiritual discipline that you've been trying to instill that seems like such a battle and such a, ugh, I don't, I, it's so hard. Maybe you're right around the corner from that being ingrained into who you are. Maybe that fruit of the Spirit, that love, that joy, kindness, self-control that you struggle with so much, maybe if you just held on a little bit longer, continue to sow things of the Spirit, maybe that 
becomes who you are. And maybe that relationship, that marriage, that kid, that just seem, you just are ready to give up. <laughs> it's, it, says, it says, in God's timing, you will reap. You will reap in his timing. So what happens if we just hold on just a little bit longer? I think the next verse here really ties it in for us. Verse 10, it says, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Let us, as we have opportunity, let us do good. As we have opportunity. What's in front of you? What's the opportunity that's in front of you where you can sow of the Spirit? Not the opportunity that you wish you had, not the community that you wish you had, not the, um, the marriage that you wish you had, not the kids you wish you had, not the friends you wish you had. What is the opportunity in front of you right now where you could do good, you could sow the things of the Spirit? Our kids' ministry does this, uh, this is awesome thing. Um, it's like a gut punch, but it's awesome at the same time. Um, and uh, they, we have, if you hadn't heard, if you're a parent, um, you should download the Parent Q app. Um, they also do these books. Uh, every, every Easter, actually, we give one to our parents. They're called the Phase Books. And so um, this one's for, it's parenting your first grader. My oldest is first grade. Um, and each, each Easter, we give out to the, and we say, hey, as you prepare for next year, you know, so this Easter, I'll get one for second grade. As you prepare for a second grader, here's a book on how you can best parent your second grader. Well, the ParentQ app um, is awesome, but it also uh, it kind of shows you what all the lessons your kids are learning, things by memory verses, things like that. Well, one of the things it does is it talks about in this book and it talks about in the app. It says, when your child is born, you have 936 weeks with them before they've moved on. 936 weeks. And I'll be honest, when I first like heard that, I'm like, that sounds awful. 936 Saturdays, I like, can't sleep in? Like, good grief. Um, well, the reality is, is my oldest, Liam, he's in first grade now. I only have, when I started with 936 weeks, I only have 593 weeks until he graduates high school. Only 593 weeks until he has moved out of my house. What's even crazier is, statistically, you spend 80%, like, you spend 80% of your time with your kids while they're still living with you. So the rest of their life, I only have about 20% left of the time that I'm going to get to see them. That's 343 weeks that are gone. And I can't help but think that I have the choice. I have to make the decision to sow into my kids, to be the godly father, to be the godly husband, to show them what it means to be a godly man. I only have a window. I have a, it, I mean, this, it feels like a short window. <laughs> 936 weeks is a very long window. We say it all the time. The days are long, but the years are short, right? 
I have to make that decision that I'm going to continually show them to sow into, into them who God's called me to be and to show them who God is. And I'm not going to see that result next week. I have this window that honestly is, like I said, looking, the big picture sounds so big. Hearing those numbers, like, oh my gosh, I, so much time has already gone by. I only have so much time left. And I have to make a choice to continually sow into my kids, to continue to sow into them. And knowing that I'm not going to reap that, I might not ever see it. I might be gone by the time my kids decide to follow Jesus. That's not up to me. <laughs> I, might get little, I might get little glimpses, little, little snippets of, of you know, uh, Liam not hitting his brother, Hudson, um, or Hudson not picking Briggs up and dropping him on his head. Um, I might gl- get little glimpses of, of, uh, of kindness, of remembering that Bible verse or whatever, and, and I don't know when I'm going to see that because it's in God's timing, but I'm choosing to be faithful to continue to sow the opportunity that's in front of me. And that's the question I have for you today. What is the opportunity in front of you? What is that opportunity in front of you where you can honor God, you can sow things of the Spirit, and to the people around you. Maybe it is your kids. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's, uh, it's instilling those spiritual disciplines into your life. Maybe it's that hope mentor like Spencer talked about. Or those kids that Spencer continually just decided to, uh, to pour into. To not grow weary. To not give up. And to move forward. So that's my prayer for us this morning as, as, as we go throughout our week. Let us not grow weary of doing good. Let us not grow weary. Let's not give up knowing that it's in the Lord's timing that we see these things. And at the same time, let us examine our life and seeing where we are reaping things of the flesh and not things of the Spirit. Let's all stand together. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that a simple little couple verses, Lord, can speak so much. Lord, I just pray that we can be challenged to be more like you. That we can examine the things of our heart. Lord, the things that our life is investing in, the things that we are sowing. Lord, and we can honor you with all of those things that are in front of us, all the opportunities that are in front of us. Or trusting you that in due season, Lord, we will reap those things that we sow, Father. And I just pray that uh, we remember your grace, your mercy, Lord, the the forgiveness that you've given us by dying on the cross for our sins. Lord, just, Lord, let us move forward in boldness in that. Let us have confidence in who you've called us to be and what you've called us to do. Lord, let us stay true to you, hold on to you, and honor you with every opportunity in front of us. We love you, and in Jesus' name we all pray. Amen.